All right, today we're going to look at one more message in this series. We're calling this series Proclaim. And these are just things that the church really laid out, key things that the church laid out um, in the book of Acts. And I'll probably try to go back and remember all of them real quick. Uh, the first week was that the church proclaimed that the gospel was for everyone everywhere. And the second week, Joe preached, and he talked about how that the gospel was about a man and a power, the, the Lord Jesus and the power of his life and who he was and what he brought to us. I'm going to get lost because I preached the next two weeks right now. The next week, it was on how God was no respecter of persons. That was something the church proclaimed, and it's, it's, it's an important message because what we tend to do sometimes is we tend to, to look and think, well, they're too bad, and maybe we don't think it outwardly, but in our hearts, we're thinking, oh, man, there's not much hope for that situation or that person. I want you to know God will take, and he'll reach the, the situation that you and I think is absolutely hopeless. He'll reach right into that situation. And then, of course, last week we talked about grace. And I love the grace of God. I just absolutely, because it's a gift. The grace of God, it's a gift that God gives us. We don't earn that grace. We don't earn that favor, that unmerited favor with God. He gives it freely. And we're probably looking in, in, our, in our lives and what do I do to pay? You can't pay God back for grace. And we talked about that last week. And this week we're going to talk about faith. Because faith is how we receive it's how we receive. Because somebody can offer you a gift, and you might be going, I don't, know how to, I don't know how to receive this. I'm not sure what to do. Have you ever had someone give you something, and you're thinking, man, I'm not even sure how to get that in the house. I'm not even sure how to get that uh, to my house. I'm not sure how to get that from there to here. How do I do that? Well, that's what we're going to talk about for a few minutes this morning. And so before we start, I just want us to consider a couple of quick questions or a couple of quick thoughts and the first thought is this, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. We've talked about that. That's probably one of my, one of my uh, favorite scriptures to remind myself with because I'll begin trying to do certain things to please God, trying to, 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 to move forward in the plan that God has for my life, and I'll begin trying to figure out certain things, and it's like it's by faith. Now, we, there are works that go along with faith, but if faith is not in place, then my works are for nothing because faith without works is dead. And the second thing is, is that uh, through faith, that's how we receive everything. Salvation, healing, deliverance, peace, breakthrough, direction, whatever you need. It's, that's how we receive everything that we receive from God is through faith. And so I've already mentioned Hebrews 11 verse 6, but let me read it. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, you might say, well, I think everybody kind of pretty much believes in God. It's not just believing that he, well, I believe he's there. It's putting our faith in him. It's putting our faith in him that God, you will order my steps. And then doing what he tells us to do. It's responding to the, to the directives that God gives us. And he gives us so much direction in the word. He tells us how to live, how to give. He tells us how to forgive. He tells us how to grow. He tells us how to release things that we need to release. He tells us how to move forward. He tells us sometimes to move back. God gives us direction. He gives us directives in our life. And so to live apart from faith means to live apart from God. Now think about that. You might say, well, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, 
if we, basically, if, it's, if we're trying to please God, maybe here's the real question, I guess. Is it important for us to please God? Is it? I mean, the, answer, the answer is yes, okay? <laughs> the answer is yes, but I'm asking you personally and me personally. Is it important that I please God? Because, because if, the, if I'm just trying to get the answer right, just write down yes, the answer is yes, but I've got to answer it in my heart. Is it important for me to live by faith? Because faith is not a, a denominational affiliation. It's not a, a set of views that we hold. We agree with this and we disagree with that. I mean, it, it, certainly, you know, our, our, our faith and our belief system, we have those things, but faith is a lifestyle. It's how we live. The just shall live by faith. It's pretty, it's, I'm going to say it's simple. It might be simple to state, but walking it out is something else because if God says this, but the world says this, then I have to go against everything that the world is saying to please God. I have to live according to what God says. And so it's impossible to please God without faith. And so to live apart from faith means to live apart from God. And so the question is, is do we want to please God? Is that important to us? Or is it just something we hope that happens along the way? I just hope God's pleased with what I do. Here's how we can know we please God. By doing his word, doing his will, doing what he instructs us to do. Doing what he instructs us. Faith is recognized through how we live. If I tell you I have faith, but yet I have nothing in my life that shows that I have faith, then Either I'm hiding it really, really good, or it's not there. It's not there. James 2.26 says, Just as the body is dead without breath, so faith is also dead without works. Now, I'm going to read this. This is Acts chapter 16. And um, I just want to read through this quickly. The, the, this is the, the story where... Paul and Silas, they were in, I'm going to read up to the point where, I mean, talk, speak up to the point, I'm going to kind of fill this in, up to the point where Paul and Silas find themselves in jail, where they, they had been out, they had been preaching the gospel, and this girl comes up, this demon-possessed girl, this de- demonized girl, whatever words you want to use, began following them and saying, these are servants of the Most High God. They're telling you the way of, of salvation. They're telling you the way. She's basically speaking, and you would think, how can that be a demon-possessed person? It's not just the message that, that it's important. It's the spirit by which it comes. It's important. And the thing was, she wasn't altogether uh, in with what Paul was doing. The, the spirit, apparently, was basically recognized by everyone in the community that she was, you know, she was a fortune teller. She was a, uh, I don't even know, I don't even want to use work. I don't really know, I just know that after what happened in just a second, which we'll talk about, we know that this was woman was not being directed by God in her life. And so Paul's, they're, they're going along and they're trying to share the gospel, trying to live, you know, uh, the life of, of an evangelist and sharing Christ and going to the place God tells them. And this woman keeps following and she's, rah, 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 rah. and finally he gets tired of it. He turns around and he casts that devil out of her. And so the spirit comes out. Well, the guys that were kind of holding her leash, if you know what I mean, they were making money off of her. They were all of a sudden out of income. <laughs> Nobody was going to pay 
for someone that had just been delivered to tell them stories now, unless they wanted to hear the gospel, and I don't know where she was at that point. She had just gotten saved. But the spirit came out of her. She lost her, her gift or her, not even a gift, it was just her ability that the demon was using her for. And these guys, they stir up a big fight, and they go to the magistrate, and they begin telling the, them, these guys, man, they're, they're stirring up trouble, and they've created so many problems. And so they come in, they arrest them, and they throw them in jail. And they beat them, you know, no, no evidence required, just, just a story told. And um, so they, and they were out-of-towners too. I'm talking about Paul and Silas. They were out-of-towners. Nobody knew who they were. And so they find themselves in jail, and they'd been beaten. They were bleeding. They were, uh, you know, they're just doing what God told them to do. And so let me read here. It says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, And the other prisoners were listening, and the jailer. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors open wide. He assumed that the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted out to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself! We are all here! The jailer called for lights, and he ran into the dungeon and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out, and he asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? In the Verse 31, they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all those who lived in his household, even that very hour of the night the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds then he and everyone in his household was immediately baptized and they brought them into his house and set a meal down before them and he and his whole household rejoiced because they believed in God have you ever been doing the right thing and everything goes wrong (laughs) you're doing what God told you to do and everything goes wrong I think that's kind of what happened to Paul and Silas here. You know, I was in, I was in, uh, I was in Southern Cal years ago, and we were walking through the mall. Dana and I were walking through the mall, and <clears throat> cell phones were—they're popular, but not as popular as they are now. Uh, anyway, and there's a guy, and he's at a kiosk, and he is yelling and free phone, free phone, hey, free phone. He's walking out and free phone, dude, free phone, free phone. You ever get tired of people telling you stuff's free? And it's not. It's free if. And so we're walking by, and this dude's in my face. And so I just said, okay. I took the phone. I just kept walking. He goes, hey, 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 what are you doing? I said, he says, it's free. I said, he goes, oh, no, no, it's free if. If you take out a two-year subscription with our company, blah, 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 blah. I said, well, then it's not free then. Don't tell me it's free. I want you to know. The salvation is a free gift. It's a free gift, and there are no strings attached. But when we receive Christ, when faith enters our life, when God comes into our life, this is what happens. We change. But God doesn't say change, and then you can be saved. He pours into our life that, that, that grace. And how do we receive it? By faith. By simply believing. What did Paul tell this Philippian jailer? He says, 
believe. He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? I mean, here he just was thinking just a, a couple of minutes earlier, I'm dead. I'm a dead man. I'm going to, and he was ready to end it all. He's going to kill himself. And Paul yells out, don't, no, 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 no. It's all good. Everything, stay here. Don't do anything. And then he rushes in with the life to make sure he wasn't being lied to. He thought, well, if they jump me, I'm a dead man anyway. <laughs> so what did he say? After he, he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And as you well know, Paul says, you have to get the right version of the Bible. And you have to start going to this specific church that I'm going to write down the address. And what you have to do is you have to pray six times a day. No, 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 I think it's seven times a day. And then you have to read so much of the Bible, and you have to stop drinking and smoking and cussing. Now, let me just say it right up front. That would probably be good for you if you quit doing some of those things. But none of that is a prerequisite for salvation or for anything else because everything we receive from God we receive by faith everything you need healing in your life let me tell you how you get healing you stop cussing and fussing you stop throwing a fit and you stop no 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 that's not true we believe God and here's the thing when we believe God when faith and that word believe is actually very uh, uh related to the word uh, believe it's actually used interchangeably inner, uh, in the scriptures when we believe God when we have faith in God how does faith come hearing the word from hearing what God says well hearing what God says about what about what you have need of about what you have need of see when this Philippian jailer told Jesus told told Paul and Silas what must I do to be saved he told him just believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and your household we'll talk about that here in a second too and so he says believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved okay that was pretty simple and then eventually he goes to the guy's house, the Philippian jailer's house. He sits down, apparently, because they talk about, they take him in, they clean his wounds, they, they bind him up, they whatever, put bandages on him and medicine and whatever. And he shares this message of hope with him and his family. And it says that they were all, they believed and they were all baptized. They were all baptized. Now, let me just say, baptism doesn't save anybody. But it is a, it is a, 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 um, a manifestation of what I say I believe. It's when I, when I, listen, when I believed, 1972, when I prayed and I received Christ, I believed. And, and the next instruction was, well, look, if you, if you believe, you need to follow the Lord in baptism, be baptized. It's a sign to everyone looking on. And so these guys said, man, we're in. We're in. So how do we receive from God? Let me tell you how you receive from God anything. It's by faith. What does the word say? What does the word say about that thing? Now, if you're looking for salvation, believe on the Lord Jesus that he sent, God sent him into the world to die on a cross. And listen, I don't know who, I don't know everyone that's here today. I know most of you, but I don't know everyone. So the thing is, is for me to assume that everyone here knows how to get saved and knows all the message of, of the gospel, it would be foolish because that's how people come to Christ. I, I heard a thing yesterday, and I've said it before, but when I heard somebody else say it, I thought, that's good. I need to say that again. And that is this, that the gospel is the power of God to save the lost, and nobody gets saved until somebody shares the gospel. Nobody just intuitively wakes up in the morning in the middle of their problems and goes, 
I think there's a God in, I, I've got this problem. Oh, so many problems. I got to go back to the office and I got to navigate through this. I, I don't know what to do about that. Oh, man, this relationship is so messed up. And, man, I'm, I'm, I'm strung out on this situation here. And, I, and then they go, I, I think there's a God in heaven. It doesn't work like that. The gospel is not just intuitive that you figure it out on the fly. The gospel is the power of God that must be preached. We have to share that message. We have to tell others about that message because when the gospel is shared, you know what happens? Faith begins to grow inside of people. Now I'm talking about for salvation. But at the same time, it's also how we receive healing and wholeness. Well, what does the Bible say about wholeness and healing? It says that God sent his word to heal and to deliver. What is it about God making a way where there appears to be no way? The scripture tells us that. He will, he will be a light into our path, a lamp unto our feet. He shows us that's what the word does in our life. And it's not just a book to go to and say, well, let me just find something to talk to. We read it, and it begins to change the way we look at life. It changes us. It changes our outlook on life. And so we have to believe to receive. We have to believe to receive. And not just believe in God. I believe in God. The Bible says the devil believes in God. But we know that the devil is not, doesn't find salvation. He's not going to receive forgiveness. He's not. You know what? The devil is not because he just believes in God, but he doesn't believe he's cut himself off, okay? He's not, and I don't even know how to go there on all that story about the devil. But here's what I do know, that God's not God's will that any would perish, whether that be perishing because of their sin or whether that be perishing because of sickness and disease. God wants to heal. He wants to deliver. Or whether it be perishing because of a relationship that's being destroyed because of friction and, and problems that, that we don't know how to fix. The scriptures give us direction. It's a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. So let me, let me give you a few thoughts here. So basically, like I said earlier, things don't go as we plan sometimes. And so no matter how faithful you are to God, no matter how hard you work, and things go awry sometimes. Things just go awry. You might put as much attention and effort into every the next step you're going to take. I don't take a step without really thinking. Things go awry. And I've said this before, that the devil doesn't care whether you live or die. He doesn't care whether you're rich or whether you're poor. He doesn't care whether you're healthy or you're sick. He doesn't care about anything. He doesn't care whether you love your spouse or whether you don't. He doesn't care whether you love your kids or you don't. He doesn't care. But the second you take up the word of faith and you begin to get it in your heart and you begin to say, today, I'm going to begin to please God in whatever area it is. And hopefully every area, but maybe you're struggling in an area. And you might be thinking, the devil really hates me because this, that, and the other. Well, I'll to show you how much he hates you. As soon as you begin to get that word of faith inside of you, and you begin to get it inside, and you begin to think about it, and you begin to mull it over, and you begin to meditate on it, and it begins to increase and grow inside of us, let me tell you what happens. Faith begins to grow. And we know what to do, and we know how to move forward. The devil, I can say this emphatically. There's not a person in this room that the devil likes. 
He don't like you. As a matter of fact, I'd go so far as to say pretty much he hates you. He would like to destroy you. That's probably him calling right now to tell me that he has somebody in mind. <laughs> but I don't believe it because he's a liar. <laughs> oh, gosh. But every, every uh, proclamation in the Scripture that we've talked about, uh, they've all been different. They've all been about God's inclusion and how to move forward. And that's what the, the book of Acts was all about. It was about the church being established and how God used specific things to turn lights on in people's lives, to turn lights on in people's lives. And in this, he's telling everyone everywhere, here's how you receive salvation. It's by believing. It's believing. There's a, a, a verse I looked up. Let me, let me grab it here. If I, This is a, let me just, I, you don't have this one, guys. I just grabbed this one a few minutes ago. I think I did anyway. Well, I don't know where it is. I didn't bring it up, I guess. But it's the, the verse is in John where Jesus had just fed 5,000. And after he'd fed 5,000, and uh, he, he goes out down to the, to the, to the lake and he walks on the water the disciples went ahead he walks on the water and the next morning everybody wakes up and they're going where did he go where did he go the, the guy that took that just a few fishes and loaves and multiplied it and, and basically fed everybody man I'm still full from yesterday we gotta go find this guy and so it says that they that they went around the lake until they finally came to the place where they found him and so this crowd shows up and, and they said you know, where did you go? I mean, what, you know, and he said, the only reason you guys are following me is because you ate bread by a miracle. Said, That's the only reason, because I gave you bread. That's the only reason you're following me. And he said, they said, well, what must we do? Because this was their mindset. Well, what must we do to work the works of God? We want to do what you did. I want to take my little bit, and I want to do the whatever thing you did and multiply it. I just, that's what I want to do. And Jesus said, this is the only work that I want from you, that God wants from you, and that is to believe. That's it. Believe on him whom the Father has sent. Believe on him who, who God has sent. Just believe. Believe on him. Now, see, some of us would, might say, that's just kind of easy, because, you know, I can say I believe in anything. But the, what we believe changes the way we live. It definitely changes the way we live. So Paul and Silas, they're in, in this uh, situation after the earthquake, and the, the guy comes in, and he, what, what I've got to do to be saved? And basically, everything changes right then because Paul's getting ready to give him the message, the message that hopefully you have heard, the message that maybe you online are watching. Maybe you've heard this message that if we believe on the Lord Jesus with all of our heart, we'll be saved. But let's take it even further. Well, I got saved, and I was, I was a part of, of a group. Uh, and I see this a lot, and it's, hey, I'm glad people preach the gospel. But, but the gospel is more than just how to be saved. The gospel is how to live. It's how to live. It's not just fire insurance. It's how to live. And so this guy comes in, and he asks, sir, what must I do to be saved? And Paul tells him something that he's telling, that I'm telling you today, and our mind will automatically go, that's just way too simple. That just is, I don't know, you know. There's got to be more to it than that. Our mind begins to wrestle with that and go, uh, but you see, if we really believe something, if we really 
have faith in, because that's what that word, have faith in God, in his son, in his word. If we really do, it changes how we live. We begin to respond in ways that do please God. So let me go back to the question I started with at the very beginning. Is it important for us to please God? The answer is yes. But is it important for me? Is it important for you personally? Let me tell you right now, it's very important, in my opinion, for my wife and kids to please God. It's very important. Well, let me take a step back and look in the mirror. Tom, is it important for you? Well, yeah, it is. I can't answer that question for you, but the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. Now, if we're born again, that's wonderful. And the way we got born again, the way we got our sin forgiven and, and came to Christ and, you know, our lives were, were, were transformed and God forgave our sin and gave us new life is because we believed on the one whom he sent, Jesus. But this is another day. It's another week. How do we receive from God? By faith. What does the word say about what we're doing? What, what, how, you're, how, how he wants you to live? What does the word say? About, about what's going on in your life. I was thinking yesterday about this. You know, every time you get ready to go to the doctor at, at, <laughs> at my age, you're always going, well, I hope they don't find nothing too serious. <laughs> hope they don't find nothing too serious, you know? Got a little ache, and you know, in your brain, it tells you it's something life and death. And so you go and you do whatever. But in that moment, in those moments where you're really, you're thinking, you know, here, I'm at this age, man, I, man, there's more behind me <laughs> that I've lived than there is in front of me that I'm going to live. That doesn't bother me. I say that, but it kind of does. I'm not afraid, but I'm just saying, is it because I don't want to die? Well, I don't want to die. But here's the deal. Remember that you, you've heard the song, I'm sure, um, uh, Live Like You Were Dying. And we might look at that song and go, and that's, and that's, I don't even want to think about that. I do. Because when we're at those moments where we think that, it, that our life is limited, every day is precious. Every day is valuable. It always was and it always will be. But whenever there's less than there used to be, and listen, I'm not, I don't have a fatalist mentality. And I'm going to live to be 157 years old. God willing. <laughs> But the thing is, I believe faith helps us to live like today counts. It helps us to, to live with eternity in mind, understanding that the decisions that we make. Now, listen, I don't think people, it's great to have fun, and we need to have fun. We need to have relaxation and, and enjoy life. And, but the truth of the matter is, is every single day is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to please God. And if I never told anyone else, the rest of my life, how to be saved. What am I doing here? What am I doing here? I'm not even going to point that question at you. <laughs> I'll just say it for me. If I never from this day forward ever take the opportunity to talk to people about eternity and tell them here's how you can be born again. If I never do, God won't love me any less. But here's the question, what am I here for? Am I here just to please myself? Or am I here to please God? Well, I got to back up and say, God, 
it's impossible to please you without faith. And so I have to live this life of faith. The Philippian jailer makes it very clear, man. His life, he thought he, thought he was getting ready to end his life right then, either by his own hand, if he hung around, he was probably going to lose his life because of the Roman government that had put him in charge of that prison. He probably thought he was going to die in the earthquake. And when that didn't happen, he thought, woo. And then he notices the doors are open. Oh, my gosh. Now I'm going to die because they're going to put me to death because the soldier, the, the prisoners got away. And then, woo, and now he's like, wow, they're all here. And then he goes, and he, because now he's thinking life is fragile. Life is short. What is, what's so important about this life? It's all about pleasing God. God, how do I please you? Because I guarantee you this. If I live my life pleasing God, other people are going to be okay. Because God's going to put others in my heart. And that's really the, mis- the message, of mis- message of missions anyway. It's others. That we're mindful of others. That's what, why God sent his son, because of others, not his own good, not his own need. It was the needs of others. And so how do we receive from God? By faith. It's by faith. It's by faith, church. How does faith come? Hearing the word. And see, we know the word. And sometimes, you know, I'll be out someplace and, and maybe, I mean, my phone's got the Bible on and we've got the Bible so many places now we can access it. But here's the best place to find the scriptures right in your heart. What is in your heart? What is it in your heart that, that, that you can pull on? Man, you're going through something and saying, I got to find something that the Bible says about this. Oh, God will give me the peace that passes understanding. That's the scripture. That's what God says. I'm going to receive that peace right now because I know what the Word says. And because I know what the Word says, God, I believe God says, and that pleases me. And so I believe he, he does whatever He needs to do to open the floodgates and to pour out peace or to pour out wholeness or to pour out grace or to pour out salvation or to pour out restoration. There's people in this room that have loved ones and you don't know where they're at. Physically, probably, and also spiritually, emotionally, relationally. You don't know where they're at, but God does. So I say, I want to receive from God the promise. And he told the Philippian jailer, if you believe on the Lord Jesus, you'll be saved and your household. Now, I don't believe for a second. I prayed a prayer, so all my kids are in. I believe I believe on the Lord. I, this is what I, I really believe. When I believed on the Lord, when I put my faith in Christ, then I began to live a life that began to share my hope, share this faith, share this this life-changing power that had come into my life, share what I knew about God. And it wasn't like I was going to stand up and preach to everybody, but it's like, what's what's different about you? I was sitting in school. I got saved in 1972. I was sitting in a class and I think 73 or 74. And by that time, you know, I'd, I'd grown. I'd grown some. And, and I remember I had carried, I started carrying my Bible to school. Did that every day, my senior year, every day. Carried my Bible to school. And I remember, I was, nobody ever said a word about it. Because I was just pretty quiet. I didn't really, I wasn't a, you know, get on the lunch tables and kick everybody's plates off and tell them you're going to get saved. That wasn't who I was. 
I just, I just did what I did. And I, I would go sit by myself at lunch, and I would read my Bible. And, and I remember I was sitting in auto. It was in driver's ed. I'm sitting in there, and this girl behind me says, Tom, is, is that a Bible? I go, yeah. Can I see it? Sure. So I handed it to her. And she thumbed through it a little bit, started a little conversation. I got to tell her a little bit about my faith. See, when I, I believe that the same thing happens in our families. My brother, I believe my brother came to Christ because he saw something in my life that he couldn't explain because he knew me before. My life changed. So when the scripture says that if you believe on the Lord with all your heart, you'll be saved and your household, it's not an automatic thing, but the faith that we begin to get inside of our heart, it changes how we live. And we begin to please God. We, and God begins to open doors. He begins to make a way where there appears to be no way. And then our family members and our loved ones and those around us begin to say, something weird about this guy. Call me weird if you want. I don't care. But you know there's a difference. They know there's a difference in our life. I don't want to fit into the pack. Like, like lukewarm. I don't want to be lukewarm that I could be this or I could be that. What is he? I'm not even sure I'm not even sure. Is he, what is he? I want to be somebody that when I come into the room, I want us to be the kind of people that when we come into a room, we bring peace, we bring hope, and people are wondering in their heart, how do I get what you have? How do I get what you have?